G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The crowd love it, and Ireland now just seconds away from a thoroughly deserved win. Thank you. They'll put it into touch and fitting that James Lowe, who had the first say, has the last say. Famous victory again, brilliant Ireland. You know, we've certainly got no excuses of saying this wasn't a World Cup game or anything like that. This was a game that we wanted, we were very excited about playing and didn't get what we want, hung in there and still didn't get what we want. So, you know, we've got to, sometimes you just got to accept that you're second best on the night. Yeah, well, it's uh, Ian Foster, of course, sounding a little bit down in the dumps, as you would imagine after that. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was a pasting, but they were certainly comprehensively outplayed in a lot of areas. A uh, man who uh, was watching it intently, I'm sure, uh, over the weekend, uh, Grant Nisbet, uh, the voice of uh, Sky Commentary, and uh, Nisbo, uh, the first question I have for you is, do the Irish have our number, particularly in Ireland? G'day, Smithy. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? Um, you know, they had that first ever win in Chicago, then they backed it up by winning in Ireland, and now they've backed it up again. So, yeah, they're proving a real bogey team for us. I was, I was just listening to Ian Foster there, thinking, you know, we hung in there. That's about all we did. Um, we were not proactive at any point. We were out-muscled from the word go, and we just had no way of countering it, and, and it was that's what made it so damn disappointing. Well, yeah, I mean, we must have known that it, for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of that, on the back of um, Ireland's call and the, and the hype and the expectation, they were going to hit us hard. But we we just didn't seem to look like we did know that was going to happen. Well, yeah, and their attitude was fantastic, the Irish. I mean, how many shots at goal did they turn down in that first 15, 20 minutes? They, they were hell-bent on, on scoring tries, and, of course, they managed one. They had one waved away for whatever reason, um, the one that was scored by uh, Tug Furlong. But... Um, you know, they just, they, they had a great attitude. And so often when you go up north, teams uh, try to wear you down. I'm just sort of thinking, at it. if we'd been at Twickenham in the same situation, would England have turned down three points? I don't think so. No. So I like the Irish attitude, really. And that, might have, and, and that might have surprised us a wee bit. Maybe it shouldn't have. But, um, you know, the, the fact that they were intent on getting the ball over the whitewash rather than trying to kick it over the post, I, I just like their attitude. Outmuscled is a term that's quite often used in rugby these days when you talk about the packs, Nisbo. But I think that's the truth. And, and when it comes to the big occasion, we quite often are. Are we not big enough or what is wrong there? Oh, look, I think we're big enough. I think it's an attitude thing, really. Um, first thing is that we need to hang on to the ball longer. And, you know, we had the ball, and uh, if, if we couldn't break the defence, we kicked it away. Um, we weren't patient enough for the ball. I mean, you take your mind back to that famous victory 
uh, that the All Blacks had at the Aviva a fair few years ago now. When Ryan Crotty scored in the last minute, eventually uh, we were able to crack them. I don't know how many phases we went through, but uh, eventually we got there. Um, I just get the feeling at the moment, if we don't break the opposition in the first sort of 10 phases, we just booted away and hope that uh, they might make a mistake or whatever. I think, uh, I think patience is the first thing. You can't exist on less than 40% of the ball, and that's what we tried to do. Uh, and, of course, the, and what eventually happens is that you end up tackling, and uh, that's energy sapping. And they, they had to tackle for most of that game. Sure, they tackled well, but uh, you don't win games without the ball. Yeah, I mean, the tackle count was enormous. I've never seen anything like that against an all-black side, to be fair, particularly at half-time. Uh, Nisbo, can we, can we put the blame on the, the schedule? Uh, you know, three relatively easy games in a row, then bang, the Irish hitting us like this? Or uh, Could we have picked our sides better? Could we have structured it better? Uh, yeah, hard to say. I mean, there's such a massive uh, crew over there, Smithy, that... You know, you really got to give players game time and uh, they would have looked at... They wouldn't have known quite what to expect, I guess, against the Welsh. Um, admittedly, it was outside the international window, therefore Wales uh, didn't have their best players available. So, um, you know, they, they put in a, a, arguably their better team in there. And, um, and then, of course, they looked at the Italian side who haven't won for something like 14 or 15 games and they looked at their squad and they thought, OK, here's an opportunity to give a few guys who wouldn't normally play in the top team a run. Um, and then, of course, you come up against the two top teams uh, on this tour, Ireland firstly and now France coming up. And they were kind of obliged to throw in what they thought was their best team um, and so I'm not sure that they had too many alternatives, to be perfectly honest. It's been, a, it's been a long season. It's been a difficult season. But there's a lot to be said for being together for such long periods of time. You know, you, uh, t- teams can make the best out of that. And, uh, you know, because they're confined to quarters and uh, they don't really get out and see anybody else. But, you know, they, you know, they, can, um, they can galvanize. But it just didn't happen at the weekend at all. Individually, uh, who did not stack up for you, Nisbo? Oh, mate, if you said to me who did, I could probably come up with a very short list, which leaves the whole rest of them, and they'll know who they are. I mean, the Type 5 didn't front on the day, did they? They simply did not front on the day. They were completely outplayed and outmuscled by the uh, by the Welsh, uh, sorry, by the Irish Type 5. Um, and once the tight five, of course, are beaten, then the loose forwards become relatively ineffective. The halfback becomes ineffective. The number 10 becomes ineffective. The game of rugby is simple. It's built around the tight five. And if the tight five are not dominant, then uh, the rest of them look mediocre. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. Does that go for uh, TJ Perinara? A lot, most of the texts I've got coming in this morning, I'll be honest with you, mention his name uh, in terms of uh, his speed. Uh, around the ball at the moment. Now, is that something you've noticed? Yeah, look, it's not as quick as Aaron Smith. There's no doubt about that. But that's always been the case. And uh, I think TJ Perinara is better off the bench uh, when he can come to make an impact in the last 20 minutes or so. Um, but no halfback's going to look good when the forward pack is not dominant. And it doesn't matter how good you are, you simply can't. And... Um, you know, Jamison Gibson-Park, who, to be honest with you, was a, 
very good first-class rugby player in New Zealand. Not good enough to command a starting spot in the Super Rugby team. Um, he looked he looked outstanding, and the reason for that, of course, is that his forward pack was marching forward. So generally speaking, he was getting front foot ball, whereas Piranara was having to reach in and grab the ball, and he was very rarely ever getting good clean ball. So uh, while his form was probably not as good as it could be, um, I think there are extenuating circumstances to some extent. Uh, to some extent. Okay, uh, so is that, uh, I, I guess that uh, also rolls into the performance of uh, Richie Moonga, who uh, appeared to be a little bit missing at times. Yeah, look, he's, he's, I mean, he's yet to make that next step, really, isn't he? I mean, he's a superb super rugby player, we know that. But against the top-tier nations, I can't remember a dominant performance from Richie in that number 10 shirt. And uh, there was an opportunity there yesterday, but uh, to some extent negated by the performance of his board pack, for sure. But it wasn't a dominating performance by any means, was it? And uh, it looks as, I mean, if Bowden Barris not fit this week, then there's only one option. He's got to play against France. And uh, I would hope the All Black selectors will pick Aaron Smith. I mean, why fly a bloke around the world and not play him. I mean, this is so stupid. And uh, so he's got to start. If he runs out of puff after 60 minutes, so be it. But he's got to start. I mean, here's the world's best, arguably the world's best number nine, against arguably the world's second best number nine, because the French halfback Dupont is just brilliant. Um, we've got our, we're going to put our best halfback in there for sure and hope we get something more out of the forwards this week. Yeah, we do, uh, because France will have, I've taken some heart out of that, there's no doubt about it. The other thing, uh, I guess, to look at, uh, Nisbo, is, is the, the officiating again. The game seemed to go for, like, you know, two hours. Um, the, or this constant referral of things, uh, and in the end, sometimes not getting it right after all that. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm like the public, actually. I'm watching a lot of rugby lately. I'm, I'm getting sick of it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. Um... These blokes are scared to make a decision. Even when a try is scored, and it's quite clearly a try, they go upstairs to check it. Um, it started in the NRL, and it's, it's filtered into rugby. These blokes are scared to make a decision because they're scared that the whiteboard on Monday morning at the referee's uh, meeting will show that they were wrong. Um, for God's sake, make a decision, and let's get on with it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. Uh, changes for this way. Okay, let, you, you've um, illustrated. You want um, uh, clearly, clearly you want Aaron Smith, and who? Uh, and I think that'll that'll absolutely happen. How about that loose forward trio, which you said were not able to function uh, on the back of the tight five? What, would you make any changes there? Is Artie in the right position still, or uh, how are we looking? There? Oh boy, yeah. Look, that's the problem. You know, we played our we played our best team against Ireland and, and got hosed off the park. Where do we go from now? Um, we look at the rest of the squad and we say, is Sam Kane fit for a top test match like this? Do we throw him back at seven? Um, maybe for a bit of physicality, do we put, uh, do put Yuani back at six? I mean, we're only tinkering here, Smithy. We have to look at that tight five, and that was our best tight five. I'd, personally, I'd start Dane Coles because we need a bit of niggle in there. We need, we need a bit of attitude for a start off. So I'd be starting Dane Coles, um, but I can't see what else you're going to do in the tight five, but that's where it all started. That's where it stemmed. And as I said before, if the tight five don't operate, 
in the loose forwards are not going to look much good anyway. Uh, look, you can tinker, you can fiddle, you can do what you like, um, but it's all about attitude. These blokes have to have a good hard look at themselves this week and just get up for it. And that's why uh, just fine, I, I can't let you go without uh, perhaps asking uh, this question. Be a lot of focus on women's rugby, of course, and um, you know uh, how we're going in terms of the black ferns, etc., etc. Uh, they they now appear not just to be a mile behind England, but France as well. So with the World Cup less than twelve months away, worrying signs for the host nation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they're going to have to very good uh, look at themselves. And, uh, you know, they played, uh, certainly England, I'm not sure about France, but they're playing fully professional players, uh, whereas our girls are, um, you know, sort of part-timers and, and, and all the rest of it. Sure, they get a bit of money, but, you know, do, can they devote themselves entirely to this? And, you know, if we want to be competitive, that's the way we're going to have to go, Smith, whether we like it or not. Um, because we're getting left behind, and that's quite clear. I mean, I, I wasn't shocked about the England games. I was pretty shocked when I saw the French game, I, I must say. They they looked outstanding at the French, and they've got to go through it all again this weekend, and I hope they can turn it round. But, hey, look, it's, um, it, it's all about resource, really. And, um, you know, when, once they get home, they're going to have to very, very close look at things. Yeah, you know, I'm not quite sure how they find the opposition without going back to the Northern Hemisphere. How do they find that kind of opposition that's going to prepare them? Because when they're playing against each other, they don't get the combinations. Uh, I'm just wondering if somehow, in a weird sort of way, they go almost like the netball way. They try and find a, um, a men's or a, a first 15 type equivalent that they can, can harden up and, and, and you know be harder against. Uh, there has to be a way, but I'm searching for it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, and you need significant opposition. You can't go into a World Cup, um, you know, um, sort of half-cooked. Uh, you've really got to have significant opposition. I guess we look across the Tasman, um, who are currently our best opposition in this part of the world, and just schedule, you know, three or four games and uh, and get into it. But at the moment, things are a bit... Uh, there are some certainly some worrying signs there. Yep, they certainly are, mate. Absolutely. Hey, thanks very much for your honesty and uh, your breakdown on what you saw over the weekend, and, and good luck with the call this weekend against France. Good on you, Smithy. Cheers, mate.